Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Hello from Jerusalem. Welcome to another chapter in the Watchmen Talk uh, series. And today our guest is retired Major General Itzhak Ben Israel, universally known as Itzik, a unique combination of scientific education, military applications, intelligence, research and development. He grew up in an Air Force family, joined that service with a creative approach to distilling operational research, intelligence, and fighter sorties into a modern machine. And he has helped make Israel's brave and clever pilots much more effective and survivable. He won Israel's prestigious defense medal medal twice and uh, served in senior positions uh, throughout uh, the military. Professor Ben Israel has also held a position in Israeli politics as uh, a member of the Knesset Foreign Affairs and uh, Defense Committee. Right now, he is heading Israel's space agency and is considered one of Israel's foremost experts on cyber. Itzik Ben Israel, welcome. Thank you. Everyone talks about Israel's qualitative military edge. Presumably, it has a lot to do with the scientific, technological, R&D operations that Israel uh, has been famous for. Is this really the basis for the so-called QME? Yes. In one word, yes. We have to remember that uh, uh, before we declared the independence of the new state of Israel some 70 years ago, we already built universities here under the British mandate. Uh, and one of the universities, one of the best one, perhaps, is the Mahon, uh, Weizmann Institute for Science, uh, was built during the, the independence war, which is, was uh, in the past the, perhaps the, 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 the most, the severest, in a way, war that we had in our history. This came, uh, uh, this is a result of very conscious uh, decision taken by the godfathers of uh, Israel who looked around. Today, even today, we are only 6 million Jews surrounded by 400 million uh, Arabs in the Middle East. The ratio is more than 1 to 60. Then it was even worse. And and, uh, if you take into account some Muslim countries, which are not Arab, but sometimes not nice at all, like the Iranians, for example, uh, we are surrounded by 400 million Arabs or 1.3, 1.4 billion uh, Muslims. And we are 6 million Jews. The ratios are unbearable. And they thought, and I think they were right, that because we cannot really uh, overcome this uh, 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 numeric uh, gap. The only way we could survive in this hostile neighborhood until one day they will uh, recognize us and sign peace agreements, etc. The only way we could survive is by um, you know, promoting or by uh, by nurturing our what so-called qualitative edge. By qualitative edge, if I quote Ben Gurion, the first prime minister of Israel, he meant usually two two elements together, although one of them is included in the first one. 
The first one was, he, say, he spoke about the human factor. Uh, he said, perhaps he was right, that we, as Jews, we have a culture of, of learning, of uh, uh, striving to excellence and things like this. We should use this, the, the old Jewish uh, culture. And secondly, the technology, he, he thought about, uh, of course, uh, weapon systems. But, but uh, th these are two the elements which we have to build our security upon. However, um, if everyone buys technology or technology-rich systems from abroad, you would have um, a basic parity with the uh, quantitative edge going uh, to your enemies. How do you overcome it yeah. by uh, ingrown uh, research and development? Yeah, well, you are right that if everyone buys the same equipment, then it will not help you. But uh, gradually, I mean, we started to, as I say, to nurture this uh, uh, independent capability, to build up the cap independent capability of uh, designing and developing weapon systems. It took some 30 or 40 years. It's, this is not something you, you do in one day. But I would say since the beginning of the 80s, the 1980s, uh, we had enough people educated, enough university to, to educate them, enough people educated in science and technology that uh, alongside the right uh, organizations and, and uh, arms of development, that we started to develop our own weapons. Certain things we cannot, couldn't uh, do, like because of the constraint of being so small. I mean, we are the economy of scale. Economy of scale. But if you take, for example, the um, fighter aircraft, combat aircraft, we usually buy them in, for the last forty years or so. We buy them from uh, the USA. But if you look at the F-15 or F-16, and nowadays it's the F-35, you find that the engines, the, the envelope is made in America. The weapon systems, the head-up displays, the air-to-air uh, -air missiles, the electronic warfare jamming suit, uh, everything else almost is developed and done here in Israel. An Israeli brain in a foreign body? developed by us uh, and, and it's if you if you think about uh, uh, let's say an air-to-air -air dual uh, combat between FC, Israeli F-16 and one Arab F-16 almost uh, most of the Arab countries around us have F-16 today it's not really the same weapon system so we design those small uh, uh, technologies perhaps that will give us an edge to let, keep, let me to take keep you back, this uh, qualitative edge. Take you back to your formative years uh, at the Air Force. Uh, Israel, both in 1967 and especially after the 1973 war, devised way to uh, squeeze more out of whatever uh, it had. For instance, the very fast turnaround uh, taking five to seven sorties out of uh, a fighter plane, where in other uh, air forces it would only be one or two a day. And then the uh, system which you 
yourself uh, took a great part in developing of uh, uh, combining or melting intelligence and information so as to get more out of what you have. Could you, um, in layman's term, uh, describe it? Okay. Uh, you are right that the uh, 67 war was less than 20 years after the declaring uh, independence. In the first 20 years, we, we couldn't do a lot in terms of developing new weapon systems. So we have to put our brain in, in making the force more efficient, or like the example you gave. Uh, this continues, by the way, until today. Uh, uh, you mentioned my, my defense awards, okay? Um, in between the two defense awards, I, I got another one by, by the Air Force for changing the, the way air operations were controlled. It's hard to believe, but until 20 years ago, uh, Israel perhaps was the first, the only country in the world in which um, uh, bombing, I mean, uh, uh, attack, attacking targets from, from air was done in a closed loop with uh, um, uh, real-time intelligence and, and a closed loop and, and, and controlled by, by what we call a cell in which intelligence operations, everyone are, are, are merged somehow together. And, and this is only a concept. I mean, you need also uh, certain equipment in order to do it. For example, you need real-time um, uh, intelligence on the movement of the targets. So for this, we developed the UAVs, the unmanned air vehicles. But the idea is, is, is not really so much dependent on the equipment. It's more how to organize. But General, General Ben Israel. Um, and I was then, by the way, I was then only a lieutenant. If we are um, so smart and advanced and uh, others uh, want to uh, learn from us, to copy, to emulate us, and uh, we must share it with them because they are our benefactors in other areas. And then they go ahead and sell perhaps not only their weapons, but also their doctrine, which may be our doctrine, to others. Where is the edge? Uh, well, it's not so accurate. When, when, of course, we don't sell everything to everyone like any other country. Uh, we do share all, almost everything we have with the United States of America because this is our main ally for many years. Lessons learned. And, and they sell equipment, uh, including hidden doctrine, which always goes with the equipment, to some of uh, our neighbors here in the Middle East. But they are, until now, they are uh, relatively very sensitive to, uh, to the secrets hidden in this. I mean, when we open something and share it with the USA and tell them this, uh, you may uh, sell whatever you want to, let's say, Saudi Arabia, because, because it's important to, to the USA, etc. But not this or not that. It's uh, not, it's if, it was, if it was developed in Israel, and of course, if it's not. Well, in the 1980s, uh, in the 1970s, rather, before the Shah fell, Israeli fighter pilots, F-4 uh, pilots, trained in Iran and, uh, and trained Iranian pilots. Uh, when the revolution came, some of these pilots um, stayed 
in the new revolutionary efforts, and some, some only uh, taught the, their lessons. So it is possible that an Israeli fighter pilot, uh, when he goes um, on a mission, could encounter someone who learned either from him or from his student. Yeah, but uh, the, what was important, you speak about the 70s until the end of the 70s, okay? Before the revolution. What was important then is not important anymore today. I mean, we speak about technology and, and uh, time constant for technology or one generation in which, uh, I mean, we speak about generations in weapon system. In the current modern technology is a year, year and a half. You speak about 30 years, it's 20 generations before. In human life, one generation is 35 years, 20 generation is like 700 years. So let's talk about cyberspace, um, computers, uh, perhaps connectivity. How uh, well advanced is Iran in cyber uh, compared to Israel? Well, you know, there is no objective measure or index that, that uh, can measure what is the real capability of a country. It, it's based on many times on, on secret intelligence, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But if I'll give you the overall uh, estimate by most of the experts worldwide, there is, the, in the first layer, there are usually five countries which are the first class, okay? Uh, uh, the, the America, of course, the USA, uh, Russia, uh, Britain, um, uh, Israel, and China, okay? Now there is a second layer. So the four permanent members of the Security Council minus France with Israel. Okay. Uh, uh, not necessarily by this order, okay? okay. But there, these are... So Israel the, may be up there uh, within the top two or three? Maybe. Uh, uh, on the second layer, there are other countries like uh, France um, um, and, and uh, Canada, perhaps. And Iran is in the third layer. I mean, the second layer is something like 10, 15 countries. Iran is in the third layer. So relative to Israel, it's uh, two orders of magnitude less. Offensive but as well as defensive? Offensive as well, because if you speak about technology, I mean, it's like, like a knife. You can use knife uh, for peaceful uh, goals, and you can use a knife for murderous uh, goals. Uh, it's a dual-use technology. Uh, but it doesn't matter so much. I mean, it, does, it doesn't matter that I have a much better capability than Iran. B what really matters is what is their capability to, to harm me, to cause damage to my uh, systems here, and not, not, not only military or defense systems, but overall uh, life in Israel. I mean, the last attack that the Iranian did against Israel was two months ago or something like this, was against the water system in Israel. I mean, you know, water is not, it's not only a problem of uh, flow, uh, but water is many times... Uh, Quality. Uh, it has some uh, sanitized by, by chlor and, and things like this. And if you... If you, uh, you change the balance. Change the balance, it may even kill. Um, and, and so we have to think about the overall... Vulnerability of uh, the infrastructure. Vulnerabilities of the infrastructure. And here we have a disadvantage. 
Okay. If, you, if you look at Iran and Israel, okay, perhaps we have a much better capability to cause damage to Iran, but they are not so dependent on, on controlled, computer-controlled infrastructure as we are. In Israel, almost like, like the US or modern Europe. So the more, the more primitive party has some advantage. Some in advantage in, in, this, in this sense, yes. But um, how close are we, we the world, we Israel, to the uh, era of uh, uh, push-button wars, science fiction? Well, uh, well, look back at, when I look back at history, I mean, every time we developed a new technology, it was added to the old ones. I mean, we still use rifles, which is 700, 800 years old, okay? Certain improvements, but we still use rifles in battlefield. We, didn't, we don't say, okay, now that we have aircraft and, and submarines, we will take out rifles out, the, out of the battlefield. Everything is added to the previous ones. And the way I see it, uh, when we speak about future war, the, there will be a, a huge role for cyber warfare within this world, but it will not eliminate the more conventional weapons that we had in the past. It will be added to this. How, how about so it will, not, it will never be a, a pure push-button uh, warfare. How about space? Space, of course, uh, means satellites. Uh, it means communications, uh, uh, GPS, uh, global positioning uh, systems. How um, advanced is Israel? How advanced is Iran? Um, in, in space. You're the head of the Israeli Space Agency. You know, I give a lot of uh, lectures, and when I ask the audience, how do you rank Israel among the cyber powers, the answers always come between one to five. I ask them, how do you rank Israel in space capability? They have no idea. Between one and seven. And, but, but if you ask me again about the, yeah. the ranking, it's something like, uh, I would say, seven. Okay? It's not so far from this because, uh, again, the, the founding fathers of, uh, of the state of Israel, when, when Israel was, uh, 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 when we declared independence, at the 40s, space was only a dream. They already started then because of the terrible experience of the um, uh, V-2 missiles. They already started to develop, I mean, you, you need, in, for space, you need only the, not only the satellites, but also the, the launcher if you want to be independent. Um, uh, they already started to, to do it then. And, and you remember the, the story I've told you once that when I was 12 years old, uh, when Israel launched its first uh, so-called Shavit-1 uh, rocket, at that time it was not uh, as big as the launchers we use today for space, uh, but we still call the, the, the launchers uh, Shavit. Which is Meteor. Which is Meteor. Um, as, as a kid, 12 years old, I built my own rocket. I was so much impressed by, by the uh, news. So I, uh, at that time it was radio only, okay? I, I, I built for myself a rocket which 
flew up to, I think, uh, 20 meters or something. But you also heard about uh, nuclear tests in Bikini and other places. You didn't b- build a bomb in your basement, no, did you? No, this was beyond my capability. But a rocket is something very simple. I mean, I was living in an, an Air Force base. I, I, had, I could access very easily uh, a gunpowder. I took it from uh, bullets. And once you have uh, a pipe, and you have a gunpowder, you can build your rocket. And of course, I don't want, I, I don't uh, tell the story today because it's in a way uh, not so much educational. At the end of the day, it exploded. No, you are, you are too, uh, exploded respect, too and, respected. To, and I still to have some. Uh, but, but is Israel now uh, fully exposed to whatever the Iranians can put up in space or perhaps they can buy either commercially or from the Chinese or Russians? Well, this is open for, I mean, today there are less than 10 countries in the world which are fully independent in space in the sense that they can build their own uh, satellites and launch it by themselves. But there are something like 80, 90 countries which play a role in space because they buy the, 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 sometimes the, the whole satellite, sometimes um, uh, they buy from this uh, less than 10 countries that buy equipment and they have satellites, communication satellites, reconnaissance satellites. But um, uh, it's not so easy. I mean, for military uh, quality, it depends on the quality. It's not so easy to buy. Uh, and therefore, it's still in, uh, important to be independent here. But is Israel exposed to, to the uh, Iranians? Of course. Uh, not to Iranian. I mean, Iranian do not have... A, right satellites uh, with the right resolution, etc. But uh, some other uh, hostile countries in the Middle East, uh, for years they they are flying uh, satellites both from other countries. Fortunately fortunately enough, uh, most of the countries that have this capability are, are countries in which we have good relations with, and they do not allow many times to sell satellites or they restrict the operation of the satellites in such a way that Israel will not be hurt. But during war, can you blind or deafen the satellites or turn off the GPS? Uh, Of course, uh, to turn off the GPS is a a prerogative of the Americans, I mean, the owners of the GPS. But you can uh, jam. The GPS is based on signals coming from certain satellites in in space. You can jam the the, uh, signal. The problem is that when you jam it, you also use your own navigation capability. So in order to do it, you have to develop first your own replacement for this but but um, generally speaking, uh, we we do this. I mean, we we you don't have to blind by the way the satellite. It's much easier to um, uh, cause damage to space assets like satellites by using cyber warfare. In this sense, it's it opens a new space. Uh, do you uh, also expect kinetic space warfare? Uh, you know, as you know the. All the big ones, the, the China first, then the USA, uh, Russia, India, all these four 
uh, demonstrated uh, anti-satellite missiles that, uh, that uh, intercepted missiles in space. There is not even one of them who made more than one or two demonstrations. They don't take it too seriously because while they were doing it, cyber technology was the, uh, running so fast that it's very, um, there is a satellite. Okay, you don't have to go and do something in the satellite itself in space. You can, every satellite is controlled by a ground station with computers and communication. So you can, it's much easier to do something to this ground uh, uh, station, uh, cyber-wise, than to have a missile that will intercept it in space. It's very... Each time a country such as Iran launches a satellite into space, uh, there are critics who say that the same uh, launch vehicle, if it uh, has another third stage, a warhead, could become a missile. But this is something which can also be said about Israel. Of course, and um, the, the scientifically, it is, uh, it is a true statement. I mean, if you have the capability to take, let's say, a uh, 100-kilogram payload uh, and put it in space, you certainly can reach any point around Earth and to deliver a bomb of uh, and and usually uh, heavier payload, and therefore scientifically it's true. And and certain countries, I think Iran is one of them, is doing uh, space not only in order to demonstrate their capability mm -hmm. and to increase by their by that to increase their deterrence, but also to. Uh, Launder in a way the the ballistic missile activity. You spent many years starting with the British R. V. Jones of World War II, uh, studying science and the military. How, in one line, how safe is Israel today, thanks to its scientific and technological achievements? It's a matter of, uh, it's a rel I'll give you a relative answer, okay? It's much safer than it was 10 years ago, which was much safer than it was 20 years ago, and you can go as, as backwards as you want. Still, it's not fully safe, and the problem is not really technology. It's not fully safe until the hostile Middle East will... Uh, recognize our right to exist here. Even in this dimension, we have developments every few years. The last one was the signing the uh, normalization agreement with the United Arab Emirates, and we hope that other countries will come. Until, until this time, we will always have to, to think about uh, threats and enemies and, and defense. Major General Itzik Ben Israel, thank you for a very informative, thought-provoking talk. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.